0: Well it's my great privilege tonight to introduce to you Brent and Colleen Weaver and Brent was sent out from this church in 1994, that's a long time ago, how many of you weren't born then? Yeah it's quite a few eh, that's quite a lot of us, 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 Yeah, know close enough, close enough, it's a long time we worked it out, it's 29 years and that's, that's a long time and um you know, it's one thing to respond to the call of God on your life and go and have a look at something else to stay there 25, 29 years. Uh, well, you haven't stayed in one place, have you? You've been around a bit. But, you know, 29 years just, just pursuing the call of God, just walking in the call of God. And uh, I'm so encouraged that Bryn and Colleen do that. But I'm really encouraged also that as a church we've been faithful and honouring and supporting these guys the whole way through, which is good. That's on you guys. And uh, because, you know, sometimes when you, when you do your faith, promise and all that kind of stuff. You, 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 you could do all sorts of things with your finance. But I love it when someone like Brent and Colleen come and they stand up and they tell us what's happening and I go, my goodness, I'm making a good investment. I'm making a great investment. I'm here in uh, Hamilton and the investment I'm making is touching Estonia or the Ukraine, or Russia, or wherever it is around the world. It's, it, I don't know, it does my heart good. I hope it does your heart good too. So without further ado, why don't you guys come? Please give them a big hand as they come this evening.
1: <clears throat> You're a rowdy lot in the evening, aren't you? Okay, you'd sit down. You don't have to stand through our whole uh, our whole thing. Man, and you're dark out there. This is yeah. darker than it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've got to do this and see who I'm talking to a little bit. Um, it's just great to see so many old faces and so many new faces, and that's just a good sign to me that things are happening here, things are moving along. I've, we haven't been in New Zealand for five years. Because COVID kind of came in and all kinds of things, so a lot has changed in five years. Um, for those of you who don't know anything about me, I end up coming to Hamilton in 1988 when this church was about the same number of people over in Gray Street. It um, used to just be called the Hamilton Apostolic Church. That was what it was in the old days. And man, I'm feeling old. Um, but yeah in 1994 god completely out of the blue hit me with a brick in the side of the head i was just happily teaching at hamilton boys high school and uh it's like no you go overseas and teach um you know that ended up 10 years in russia 11 years in ukraine and now in estonia um and this is colleen the doctor (laughs) doctor colleen weaver And we married five years ago, so we're just young, young lovers. <laughs> um, and Colleen's the preacher, so I'm going to let her kick off, and we're going to kind of team do this, okay? So,
2: Go to the next slide, please. We're going to share a passage from Ezekiel with you that God is calling the prophet to proclaim his word so that people would know the Lord. And knowing it's not just something you have like in your mind. To know God is to have a personal and intimate relationship with him. To experience his love and to be able to love him back. And that's what God is longing for. Has been longing for way since the Garden of Eden to have a relationship with us. And so that's what uh, God has been working among our team Uh, there in Estonia, and there's been this common theme that as we prepared for sharing here in New Zealand, it it just came over again, that one of the couples said, we we feel like we want to draw people into the study of the word and not just to be together, but to have transformed lives. And another couple said, we want to see people transformed and we want to have relationships with them and, and, and be connecting with them. And then uh, several weeks ago, I received a WhatsApp message from a friend who's from Brazil, and I'd seen him in England, and he just said, I just I hope it's okay, but I have a word from the Lord for you. I believe that God has called you to Estonia to wake up the spiritually dead. And so then we read this passage from Ezekiel, and we're going to share it with you, and you'll see how God puts all those things together. So Ezekiel 37, the Lord took a hold of me, And as I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones, he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? And I think that's the questions God is asking us today as we maybe look around New Zealand or here in Hamilton, whichever town you live in, your neighborhood, your school, or your work. God is asking, can these bones here where you are become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you and know, you alone know the answer to that. I, I think the, the prophet there is kind of sidestepping that one a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. But God has the answer. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put my breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke the message, just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. Can you hear it? The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. There's no life without the Spirit. And we need to be indwelled by God's Holy Spirit. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. After all of that, this is what they're saying. And I think this is the lie. This is the lie that many of us can so easily come to believe when we find that it's not easy to witness when we feel that we are rejected or we look around and we see so few people where we live and work that are following Jesus. We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. What a terrible place to be. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, see, God's got another answer. This is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. If you go to the next slide, several years when Brent and I were first married, he was already in Ukraine, but God called us both to be there together. Just like the prophet moved, I mean, God moved the prophet Ezekiel to this valley of dry bones, God moved us to Ukraine. And in some ways, Ukraine it ha- has been a valley of dry bones, the number of Christians there. there is There are Christians, but there always was room for many, many more. And so we began to proclaim the word, and we did it primarily with university students, young adults, and we used uh, conversational English as a gateway, but we brought them into fellowship with the Lord, the study of the word, and, and watched them come alive in Christ. And so if you go to the next slide, and some of them really became filled with the Spirit, and they stood up like that army, and they were ready to go out and to begin to share Christ in their land. And then the war came and everyone was dispersed. Almost at at some point in time, everyone at that table was dispersed. One couple is back. And so go to the next slide. Even though we were dispersed, some of us continued to meet online. Praise God for COVID. We all have become Zoom experts, right? (laughs) And, and it's like the next best thing. When you can't be together in person, it's a way to stay connected. So people on that screen, some are in the United States, some are in Germany, um, Western Ukraine, um, and some are in Kyiv. And we b- continued to meet. Others of our group went off to different places. Just share one story. There's one person on that screen. He ended up going into the army, the, the most meek and mild young man I had almost ever met. and. He was out in Bakhmut, and that was in the news for a while, and he found himself um, blown up alongside of his companions there, and they were laying there wondering if they could be rescued, and they were severely injured. Just to rescue them was dangerous because the missiles and things were going over, and he said all he could think to do was to begin to proclaim the word of God out loud as he laid there. And the man, the soldier next to him, who was also severely injured, gave his life to Christ. We need to proclaim the word of God, because God is powerful. His word is powerful, and he sends his spirit to bring life. Go to the next slide. But some of, one of the pe- people, there's two women on this slide, Darina and Yulia, and we're going to just share a, a word from Darina. Darina was scattered to Budapest, and we're just going to hear what she has to say about what God has done and taught her through the scattering but she went filled with God's spirit and I think you'll hear it in her testimony
3: Hi, my
2: name is Drina.
3: I'm from Kiev, Ukraine and um, I wanted to share about my experience of this six months of full invasion uh, of Russia to Ukraine and um one of the hardest decisions in my life, I think, so far the hardest was, is, I well, was to decide and leave my home uh, without any guarantee that I will be back, without any guarantees that my house will stay, that my family will be well. I needed to decide and, make, and try to put all my life in a backpack and. Um, That was a very hard decision, and uh, this war brought a lot of pain. Many families are disconnected, Um, husbands at war, um, wives and children in other cities or abroad, trying to figure out the next step, and it's um, it's very hard. Uh, It feels like each Ukrainian, even if you never see them, it's your family now. And when you read about that people die, or how they're injured, or they're losing homes, it hurts. Like it's somebody whom you knew, who's part of your family. We have very brave people, but we need God's support, and we need people's support, because, you know, Brave hearts is amazing, but it's hard to fight, you know, against um, tanks and rockets and planes with your bare hands. Um, And we do hope that the world will not forget about us and will keep supporting. And yeah, in all of this pain, God is still good and this is very encouraging. He's a great provider, now I know this, you know, truly experience. Uh, he provided me place to stay, food, community, friends, church. Um, he makes me part of things where, that, that are encouraging, like I can serve people. It's encouraging to see that people's hearts are becoming more open. And they want to hear about God. They want to read Bibles. They want to read, you know, Christian literature. They want to get to know God. It's very encouraging to see that people not pushed away, but they want to know God. Uh, and I'm l- I'm learning to live in faith because now I can't really plan more than a month ahead. If I know if I know where I will be in two months, I'm I'm happy <laughs> because. Now that's the reality and the illusion that I'm in control of my life is gone. I never been in control really, but at least I had this sweet illusion and now it's gone. I don't know where I will see my family, my friends, where we will have just simple birthdays or we will be able to go to the river, you know, or have a trip. You don't know, they're everywhere now in the whole world. and. Um, So you learn really in life and practice to trust God, live in faith, and God is good, this is, I know for sure.
1: I met Doreen, I guess, nine years ago when um, she came to our camp, not interested in Jesus at all. Came with a boyfriend just to have practice her English and kind of have fun and hang out at camp. Um, went off, you know, back home. Um, two years later, I happened to accidentally bump into her. Now, Kiev is a city of five million people, and happened to bump into her um, and her boyfriend um, at a shopping mall. And she was like, Do you still have those camps? And it's like, Yeah, yeah, oh, maybe we enjoyed that, you know, maybe. You know, two weeks later, I got a call from her saying, "Brink, can I come to camp? My boyfriend and I have just broken up. I don't know what to do with my life. I need to come and find out what you're talking about, Jesus." Right. Right. I don't. I, the English is fun. I'll do that, but I, I want to know about Jesus. She came to camp, um, got involved in everything. You know, we give a kind of a bit of, you know, a time for people to pray to if they want to become a Christian and follow. She told me a couple of days before, she knew that was coming up because she'd been at camp. She knew that they were going to challenge. She said, Brent, I'm not going to pray. I'll, I might pray to myself, but I'm not going to give my life to the Lord um, because I want to make sure that I know what this is. But can I come to your groups after? Because we had like small churches, not like this, but kind of just at home, around the table, reading the Bible, discussing. She says, I want to find out more. And then I'd ask her, like, every so often. She wasn't in a group that I was in, but every so often at different things, I'd, "Have you decided to become a Christian yet?" She's like, "No, no, just I need to." We've studied that story in in life group. We read about where the man sows all these seeds, you know, and some, you know, just get eaten up by the birds, don't even grow, and some, but some they like land and psh, they grow really fast. But psh, and it doesn't take long before they disappears she says I don't want to be one of those when I get sown when I decide I want to know that that is what I am doing for the rest of my life and I thought you know that just blew me away it's not all Ukrainians are like that but Dorina certainly was people would ask us later who's the pastor of your church Dorina? she has a passion she has a love for people um, a love for serving I don't know if you noticed kind of partway through that video she starts to lighten up when she starts talking about God and thinking about God and expressing thoughts about God. And um, she had every reason to go to Budapest, and I met her in Budapest, um, every reason to say, I'm a refugee. You know, my mother, my father and brother can't leave the country. Her mother was there in Budapest for a while and went back to Ukraine. Um, She's still in Budapest. Um, She could kind of say, I'm a victim of this war. You know, and, and help me, help me, you know. And, but she hasn't because in what we were doing kind of in our groups, I don't know why I'm saying this, but anyway, maybe for somebody. Um, there was kind of a DNA sewing that not only did she understand that becoming a Christian and following Jesus was salvation for her, she understood that that also meant service to other people. And loving God and loving people is kind of so foundational that she went away with that DNA. And she's leading a church. So she didn't. They, she got in with some other um, missionaries and, and started feeding Ukrainian refugees and then thought, we need to share not just food with these people, we need to share the word of God. So she invited some to come and have a simple Bible study. That simple Bible study is now turned into a little church. Not like this. When I say little church, I mean like eight people meeting around the table and, and having cups of tea and, and talking about Jesus, but praying for one another and living the Christian life together. Um, Doreen is not a super Christian. She's just a Christian. Yeah, right. And, you know, I, I don't know. I grew up with where, where that was like sounded super. To me, that's kind of the normal or should be the normal. Um, anyway, um, next slide. I, I'm going to get carried away too much. Um, helping and hungry. I, next slide. I... Um, had the opportunity to go to Hungary. So when we got out of Ukraine, Colleen was studying for her PhD in Manchester and writing, 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 writing for months and months and months and months. Um, and I ended up going to Hungary to help. So this was us kind of loading up vans of food. and But you were part of that. I don't know if you knew that, uh, but money from here went over um, and uh, and from all around the world to help with that. So we loaded, I don't know what it was, like, I think almost, oh, I, can't, I, I shouldn't say the numbers because they slipped out of my mind, but a lot of loading that kind of stuff into vans day after day. Next. Um, and so now my pa- next one, and my passport looks like this, um, because <laughs> every couple of days, it'd be in and out, in and out, across the border from Hungary into Ukraine. I went into the European Union, into Estonia, um, the, other, the other month, and the guy flips through my passport, and he looks, and he's like, You've got a lot of stamps (laughs) in your passport. What have you been doing? Anyway. um, (laughs) But next, um, God has now led us away from Ukraine. So stuff's still happening in Ukraine. um, But just like Ezekiel was told, go. You know, God led him to another place. We've been led to a place that's kind of dry bones. So we packed up our life into six suitcases, um, met at the airport by these wonderful people. I'll share more about them in a moment. Um, Next. And ended up in this country of Estonia. Yes, it is a country. I can't remember why I was ringing. Oh, the ANZ Bank or something. I was ringing, and the guy wanted to know where, where I lived, and it's was like, in Estonia. Is that a country? You know. Anyway, um, where are those geography teachers in New Zealand? Uh, but it's a micro country. I mean, it's small. It's kind of tucked up in there, under Finland, near Sweden, Norway. Only a population the size of Auckland. Um, the whole country. How big actually is it? Next one. Here's New Zealand. Next, here's Estonia, <laughs> so it's pretty small. You know, you can kind of drive across it in a few hours. Um, kind of manageable for a small person like me. Um, but next, we live in Tallinn, the capital, so it's a very beautiful, ancient um, kind of, it's one of the best preserved uh, medieval old towns in Europe. Um, we don't live in one of those castles, um, but my friend is a pastor of that the Toilet Go Back one, um, my friend, the tallest church here. This building used to be, for 400 years, the tallest building in the world, uh, Olivesta Church. Um, it's actually, it's an interesting story. Stalin wanted to destroy Christianity, and what he did is he thought, I know how to destroy Christians. I'm going to stick eight churches, different churches, Baptist, Pentecostal, Presbyterians, I'm going to stick them in one church. And so he stuck eight congregations in that church, thinking they would destroy each other. In some countries, they might have, but in Estonia, Estonians are kind of, I don't know, phlegmatic or something. They just got on, and they're still going, and it's a great, there's eight different, the senior pastor's Pentecostal, there's conservative Baptists, they all love each other and work that church, but there's eight, there's six churches in that photograph. You think, why are we going, why are we going as missionaries to a place, you're just showing us these churches. Um, Yes, they're there, and some of them are very lively, um, but some of them are just museums. And so Europe is a place of um, darkness. Next one, but it's very modern. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of progress has happened since the Soviet Union. A lot of good economy. Next, a lot of good food. Um, I don't even know what Estonian food is because everything seems to be from another country. Um, this is borscht. Uh, if you've ever heard of borscht, anybody heard of that? It's awesome. This is Ukrainian. Now, if there's any Russians in the room, please forgive me. I lived in Russia for 10 years. I love Russia. Um, but borscht is Ukrainian. What is it? It looks weird. It's because it's beetroot soup. You're like, ugh, beetroot. Beetroot and cabbage with a bit of meat in there. You think it's horrible. No, it's really, really tasty. If you ever get a chance to have borscht do it. Okay, Next. So this is kind of looking back towards the city, not far from where we live. This is the Baltic Sea. Um, so we live like three minutes walk from the sea. I've lived for so many years in the middle of countries that don't have sea close, you know. And so I'm kind of feeling at home as a Kiwi, um, being near the sea. But we've been invited to go um, to Estonia under the umbrella of the Methodist Church. Now, the Methodist Church there is great evangelical um, solid kind of church. I grew up Methodist here in New Zealand as a little kid, um, so it feels a little bit like returning to my roots. So we're going to show you a little video of, it's the general superintendent um, of the Methodist church, and he just wants to share a little bit about his country and, and us being there.
4: Hello friends, my, my name is Robert Cherenkov and I serve as district superintendent of the Estonian Methodist Church. Estonian Methodist Church is an independent uh, Methodist uh, denomination in our country, Estonia. And Estonia is a small country, a wonderful and a beautiful country, and we hope you come for a visit. But Estonia is also, unfortunately, one of the least religious countries in the European Union. In fact, actually, people very often think that Europe is a very Christian continent, and it used to be so when Europe also sent a lot of missionaries out all over the world but unfortunately it is no longer the case. Europe is again a place that needs missionaries and that needs a spiritual revival. And many people in Estonia actually they don't know much about Christian faith and their spiritual roots. And uh, We are, again, in the need of a spiritual awakening in Estonia. That's why we are so happy and glad that Brent and Colleen Weaver are here serving as missionaries and helping us in the Methodist Church in Estonia. We are so happy that Colleen is teaching at our Theological Seminary, which is also a unique place because it uh, has students studying in three different languages, Estonian, Russian, and English. And that is a unique seminary for our part of the world. And so we are very glad that she is here to help students and she's here to teach. And we are also looking forward to working with Brent about discipleship and small groups because this is a place where people can spiritually grow and discover about faith and we are looking forward to that ministry with him. So we are happy that they are here serving the Lord and helping the Methodist Church in Estonia. Keep us in your prayers, and we hope and pray that more people will come
1: to know our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to working closely with Robert. Um, And and other pastors, not just within the Methodists, they've kind of given us a letter of invitation to get our residency, When we got our residency for five years, that's a whole miracle in itself, but I don't have time to tell that story, Um, but some of you are praying for that, and it has come through, Um, but you know, I've got connections. Over the years, I've developed connections with quite a number of different people, um, Pentecostal pastors, Baptists, and different kind of denominational settings. So we saw that picture, the nice picture of Tallinn, all colourful and everything. Maybe Tallinn is a, a place of dryness. And as Robert said, you know, it's one of the least, um, one of the least religious countries in, in the European Union. They, they kind of battle with Czech Republic as to who's the most atheistic um, and uh, they kind of come out on top sometimes. But it's always in the top five most secular, atheistic countries in the world. So we are going into a place where most people have no thought of God from one day to the next. They've got money, they've got friends, they've got whatever, they're at university, they think life is just kind of going along. Um, but anyway, we're there and we are sowing those seeds. The next picture. So we we've gone to speak to those bones we're not the only ones we're not going in saying yeah we've got the answer we're from New Zealand and America we're going to tell you all what to do um, that's not going to fly but there are but God has given us some openings um, to maybe blow and fan the flame and and uh, sow some seeds um, amongst those people and those leaders so we're going to work in a team Colleen referred to that so Mark and Livia Nelson he's a Canadian she's Brazilian And uh, they've been there for years and years and years um, working. He's the dean of the seminary where Colin and I will do teaching. Colin's going to be kind of mostly teaching. I'm going to pick up some classes every so often. Um, And I'm going to be working a bit more with Arlet and Peret. So they're Estonian. I've been kind of working as, as a mentor for them and a coach. They've planted a small church in a village and been multiplying groups. That kind of within their own church and then out from there. So I want to show um, a picture of um, the seminary. So this is the main Methodist church and the seminary is kind of housed there. And we live, praise God, He God's so good. He's given us an apartment. We can't really afford it. But anyway, just up there in the corner is, is where we live. So it's only a short walk from... from um, from where we work. Um, but the student body, there are about 54 students from all these different countries. Estonia, Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, Israel. Now, just imagine that. Let me just read that again. Estonia, Russia, Ukraine. Okay? In the same classroom. And about a third of the, the students are Ukrainian refugees. And God is at work. You know, anyway, that's a whole dynamic. Belarus, Israel... Nigeria, Ghana, New Zealand, and that's not me. We've got even a New Zealand student all the way over there in Estonia. Um, So as I said, it's in three languages. um, But this is kind of the student body, Colleen. um, You can see some of them have got like little headphones on. So you just speak in English and somebody at the back translates and everybody gets to do their studies together. It's a great group of people. Um, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. You know, there's a place for people like us. And like Ezekiel, was taken to another place to look at those dry bones and to bring life and to speak. So there is a place for people like you. And you may be somebody tonight. I don't know. You know I was trying to get out of a missionary meeting when God called me to be a missionary. <laughs> I, was, I was on my way out the door. Um, there is a place for people being called by God to take that light, to take that word to another country. Um, but our main goal is, is, is to encourage people to be working in their own land. And so I just want to share very briefly about a couple of things. This is um, Ala and Peretz, men's and women's group combined. When I go to visit, they all want to have a cup of tea together and big cakes and all that. I like that. Um, but this is kind of a typical, maybe, Bible study group. Like, maybe you're in part of a home group or a small group that meets. Um, you know, read the Bible, and that's this group. But this group's a little bit unique. Not totally unique, but, and maybe there's some groups that activate like this. But this group meets every Wednesday night, but people in that group lead seven other groups that they started. Now, I haven't met many home groups where you could go around the group and say, okay, how many groups have we started from this group? Oh, seven. Um, That's kind of not normal. But these people and God's kind of used teaching and training or whatever to to kind of change their paradigm of what it means to be a Christian. Because all of these people were kind of sitting in churches every Sunday, dutifully paying their tithes, listening to sermons, singing songs, with no idea that God could use them for anything. And I want to show you three of these ladies. This is the Dangerous Trio, if you ne- show the next picture. Um, these wonderful three ladies, Viker um, and Endler and Ludmilla. So, Viker is, is a middle-aged one, she's 80 this year. Um, Endler, she's a slightly older one, she's 90 this year, just turned 90. And Ludmilla, she's the young one, she's only 70. So, three decades, they came to a seminar, Uh, That I ran about 10 years ago, I guess, uh, on evangelism. I said, okay, write down a list of names of everybody you know. They're like, we don't know anybody, we're old people. And then Endler in the middle says, no. You know, now this is 10 years ago. She was only 80 then. She says, I work at the hospital. She still works at the hospital. Um, I work at the hospital, and did you know we've got old folks' homes? So, her and we can do something. her and Viker then decided, okay, let's go to the old folks' home. What are we going to do? Well, they took a cassette player. How many people remember cassettes? Some of you young fellas, you you don't know what those things are. Little yeah. Anyway, they had the boom box. Thing. They went along with a cassette of hymns. Okay, so they put it on the thing and played it for these ladies. Some people had gathered. And then they prayed the Lord's Prayer, and that was it. Then they went back the next week and started to introduce the Bible. And um, now... That group has, well, with COVID, it kind of had to take a break, but it's been going seven years those two ladies have been going. Every couple of weeks, half the groups died, because they're old people, they just keep dying, but new people come, and people have gotten saved. Um, They're knowing how to study, they're knowing how to learn, uh, how to follow Jesus. Um Miller and and so they between the two of them they lead three of those seven groups Ludmilla, Miller she leads a couple of other groups her evangelism strategy is she goes to people she actually wakes up in the morning when she goes out of the house and asks the Lord how many tracks do I put in my purse the Lord will say three or five so she puts them in and she will not go home until she's given out those tracks to different people at the supermarket or at the swim club she's in a swim club they go to the sauna after swimming she's always praying as she's swimming up and down she's praying who do I share the gospel with who do I speak with in the sauna after she's just doing that her approach is this you're old I'm old I'm gonna die soon you're gonna die soon I know where I'm going when I die because I believe in Jesus do you do you know where you're going it's like she's kind of a machine um but, you know, her passion, her heart, I, I just cast my mind back to when I first met these ladies. Really lovely Christian ladies, but n- they had no idea that they could be involved in something like that. Because they were just ordinary Christians. It's like, it's a, now they're ordinary Christians, they're still ordinary Christians. But the ordinary Christians have worked out that God's got something more. Ordinary Christians do that yeah, with their right. spare time. You know, ordinary Christians go to work and, and not bash people with the We're not talking about any of that, like Bible bashing and all of that. Now, maybe Lude Miller is a bit of a Bible basher. Uh, she'll have the, you know, the sinner's prayer on you in a second. Um, but she also knows how to, how to help people grow. Not, not just, oh, give your life to the Lord, you can go to heaven when you die. No, how to live your life now, how to be transformed by the power of God. And so I just want to challenge you with that thought. I've, we often are in groups where everybody in the group looks about this age. I'm looking at a group now where most of you don't. So you, you going up to somebody and saying, I'm going to die soon. You're going, that's not going to work for you. Okay? <laughs> you're going to have to go to God and ask God, What's, who are my people? Where am I every day? Um, who am I connecting with? Who is my circle of friends? You know, If I was to write down a list of everybody that I know, who would they be? that I could start praying for, that I could start looking just for opportunities to love, you know, and encourage and bless, and just see what doors God opens up. It's it's kind of simple, not simplistic, but it's, and it's not easy. <laughs> I I hate it. It's, it's not my natural zone. I try to to do what I'm telling other people to do. That's the problem with being a teacher. You like to tell people what to do. Hard to do it yourself. But, just challenge you that as the spirit of God moves you know who are the dry bones around you who what situations are you going into that need life Um, maybe even in your personal life where are you at are you dry bones dead you've come along here you're hearing a bit about this Jesus not sure you know what's this God stuff you kind of when you look at your life in reality and sit back and lie on your bed at night it's like I'm dry Maybe you need some God working in you and pulling your life together and giving you new, new, you new life. Maybe you've experienced that. You kind of, you know, you got some flesh on. You. You've started being involved with Christians. You know, you, you've you've you know maybe started to walk with the Lord, but it's like you're kind of lying there and you need that spirit of breath breathed into you. You know, God is all about breathing. It's all through the Old Testament. I love it. That whole image of just breath. Whenever it's the wind, it's the breath. Ruach of God, you know, it's the, it's the Hebrew word for it. God breathes. Breathed into Adam. Breathed into these d- dry bones and brought them to life. Maybe you need life tonight. Because you can't share what you don't have. Right. I've kind of discovered that in my life. Um, so I just challenge you to think about some of those thoughts. I don't know where those thoughts are landing with you. Um, but that's kind of us. Um, if you want to Pray for us and remember us. Um, you can pick up a card down the back and the foyer is, is a place where you've, you you can kind of give there's a little giving table and there's some of these cards there if you want us on your refrigerator I don't know what the culture is now but you young people have got to get with it you know you got to get your refrigerator and you got to get missionaries on your refrigerator otherwise you're not really you my brethren auntie had a refrigerator covered in these things Um, so get us on your refrigerator and just pray God I can't remember what that guy said from Estonia just God bless him whatever he's doing that's a good prayer you want to know more though and you want to pray more intelligently Uh, we send out an email every month there's a sign up sheet there you can uh, subscribe to that and we'll let you know kind of what's going on with us but thank you so much for this church's investment and understand we may be over there but we're not over there without people like you here and you're actually part of that you're I really see this is a team you know um you're part of the army that's serving here in Hamilton, doing your thing, but also impacting the world. So, thank you so much.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Brent, Colleen. Pastor Michael and Gillian, would you like to come and pray for these guys? How about everyone stand? Let's take a moment.
5: Why don't you just stretch out a hand to these guys as we pray the blessing of Jesus upon them. Father, we thank you for this wonderful gift to the body of Christ. We thank you for Brent and for Colleen, and we pray the blessing of Jesus upon them. Lord, we pray that the Ruah, the breath of God, that they would breathe into those dry bones in Estonia. Lord, we pray for divine appointments. We pray that those dry bones would be a rattling and coming together, flesh and and sinew upon those bones, and they would live. And Lord, not only would they live individually, but they would reach out and they would speak life and breath into other bones around them. Lord, we pray that there would be a move of God upon this nation. And even though this nation might seem small and insignificant in Europe, Lord, we prophesy that it again would be a nation that takes the gospel of Jesus into other nations around it. Lord, it would be a little powerhouse that punches way beyond its weight and, Lord, touches, um, Lord, different parts of Europe, we pray. So, Lord, we pray for the anointing of the Spirit of God upon Brent and Colleen. Lord, fill them with your Spirit. And Lord, let it overflow and touch the lives of others, we pray. Watch over them, protect them. Father, we pray that this would be an incredibly fruitful season in their ministry. In Jesus' name.